Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and a very good evening to you. I hope you're having a great weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in to Nova and joining me backstage on this evening's show. I'll be talking to the declared UK punk's dark lord, Mr. Hugh Cornwell, former guitarist, singer and main songwriter in The Stranglers. He'll be talking about the process of making music, how The Stranglers found themselves at the inception of punk rock and how he's changed from those times. Ahead of their show at Dublin's Academy, Courtney Taylor-Taylor of the Dandy Warhols will be having a chat with me too. He'll be talking partying and how the Dandy Warhols impressed on Mr. David Bowie. And with Primavera Sounds taking place in Barcelona next week, I'll be playing music from some of the incredible artists gracing this year's bill. There'll also be music news and gig tips. So, let's get the show on the road. Backstage on Radio Nova. Hugh Cornwell is one of the UK's finest songwriting talents and accomplished live performers. As the original guitarist, singer and main songwriter in The Stranglers, Hugh has enjoyed massive success with 10 hit albums and 21 top 40 singles, including Peaches, Golden Brown, Always the Sun and No More Heroes. He's been described by Rolling Stone's David Frick as UK punk's Dark Lord. And Hugh Cornwell shall be performing live in Whelan's this Sunday and and he'll be joining me backstage in a moment. But first, let's bask in his genius. Taken from the 1977 album of the same name, this is No More Heroes from The Stranglers on Radio Nova. <laughs>
Stranglers on Radio Nova. Classic one from 1977, No More Heroes. You are backstage with me, Sinead Nivorda, and ahead of his show at Wheelands tomorrow night, Hugh Cornwell joins you now on Nova. Hello, Hugh, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Now, let's talk albums and producers and all kinds of things as well. Okay. Totem and Taboo came out in 2012. I see you work with a legendary producer, Steve Albini. And so I know... He doesn't like being called a producer. If you said that to him, he'd walk out. Oh, God, that'd be it. Game over, really. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. He he thinks of himself as a technician. Okay. He hates production. Yeah, he thinks producers should be taken outside and shot. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. He thinks that uh, producers are a waste of time and he thinks if you've got a good engineer, an artist should be able to explain what he wants to the engineer and the engineer should be able to do it. And that's exactly how he approaches it, you know. This is interesting because I wanted to ask you about that whole producer side of things. I read a great quote from you from Enemy back in 1979 saying, we're never going to use a producer again. They're just... Love parasites. All they're good for is telling <laughs> jokes, and we know better jokes than any of them. <laughs> That's such a well, great quote. Well, I mean, um, you know, the, I was a, I was a very rumbustious young man then, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, with lots of uh, I, I formed opinions very quickly about people and situations, <laughs> and now I'm a bit more wistful, you know, and yeah. wise, hopefully. And I mean, I've worked with people that have um, that I've. See, the thing is, you can learn something when you work with someone like a producer or someone who's talented like that. There's always room to learn, you know, and slowly over the years by working with different producers, I've, I've picked up a lot of stuff from them and, um, and I've learned, you know, so I'm getting to the stage now where I can produce myself. Nice. So I bet then, yes, yeah, Steve Albini opened you with welcome arms then, or welcomed you oh, with open arms. Yeah. yeah, he loved it. And he said afterwards, you know what, Hugh, I'm so, uh, you're one of the, you lot, you and your bass player and drummer, you, you are one of the, you're the kind of people I like to work with because you, you, knew, you know exactly what you want and then I'll help you get, get it to sound like that, you know. Oh, amazing. I mean, coming from someone who's worked with the likes of Stooges and Nirvana, and obviously you oh, know God, where yeah. you're coming from. So what was that working relationship like? Like, what, what was that kind of fusion? What, what did it bring about, that kind of relationship? You know, he's a facilitator. He's a, he's a sound technic, technician, uh, like a, a texturizer. See what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and he can make things, uh, he gets the sounds that you want, you know. You've got to have a pretty good idea when you go in with him, though. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, what a man yeah. to work with, man. And, uh, you know, it got such great reviews, that one. Um, the gnarliest record in over 30 years. Would you yeah, agree with that? it's gone down very, very well, they, uh, the Totem and Taboo. I'm very happy. And funnily enough, of all the records I've made, I think it's the one that, that came out closest to what I imagined and hoped it would sound like. Really? So that's good, you know, it wasn't... Because a lot of times you go in the studio and you come out and you think, well, you know didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to be but hey you know that's it's just a process an organic process but this one I was surprised at how close it sounded to what I imagined it would sound like which is great well isn't that amazing that you, you envision something and how it goes and then it just doesn't go according to plan yeah well you know I mean that's a, that's the process of making music you can't you can't expect it to be, and you sh- I don't think you should expect it to be exactly as you imagine because then you're not allowing for any other input, you know, from mm. other other elements. And a lot of music is accidental, you know. Some of the most amazing moments in rock recorded rock music on a record, you go, oh, I love this bit. A lot of it is just accidents. 
Mm. And things that happen by necessity. You know, necessity breeds invention. I believe in that. And I, I, so that's why it's nice to have, to not, to, to not have everything tied down beforehand. So that you try and keep an open mind, you know, and you can, you can embrace some accidents which uh, make it special. Now, Hugh, before I ask you about the early days of your career, I'd like to play another track. I love this one. This is the opening track on the album Hi-Fi, released in 2000, and which also opens the compilation album released last year entitled The Fall and Rise of Hugh Cornwell. This is Leave Me Alone on Radio Nova.
Music from Hugh Cornwell on Radio Nova. That is Leave Me Alone, taken from Totem and Taboo, which has released rave reviews. Upon hearing it, Classic Rock stated, he sounds more engaged and intense than he has in years. And the former Stranglers frontman is backstage with me this evening. Now, Hugh, in an interview with MTV back in 1988, you mentioned that you'd never get tired of the music industry, such a rich tapestry. Now, how do you feel about the music industry today? Well, I mean, it's, I mean the internet has completely changed it um, yeah. for, for the good and for the bad. I mean, for the good in the sense that uh, your audience is everywhere and you don't have to... You know, your audience can travel because, to you because they can go on the internet and find you like that. Mm. But So that's the good side. But the bad side is that, um, is that people have ended up with a very, very uh, short-term memory. So, um, you know, their concentration span isn't very long. So, so um, you know, people download track songs now rather than al- albums. Oh, and, the, you know, if you, young people now, they can't listen to a whole... 40 minutes by one artist, you know, they, they think that's boring, you know. <laughs> and that's a shame because mm. it means that when you're creating an, al- an album of songs, you know, 10 songs, they're, they're not interested in hearing all of them. You know, they were, give me, the, give me the best one. I just want to hear the best two, you know. And it's like, I don't have time. And you think, well, why don't you have time? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Staring on a screen most of the time. Um, connecting with people that you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, f- imaginary friends. I mean, I don't do Facebook and all that rubbish. I think it's madness. And um, so there's a downside to it as well. It's it's a big music community, but there's a downside to it. It's uh, it's um, it's a bit more shallow. It is a wee bit, and like it's something magical about the album, about getting lost in an album exactly. and track by track, and how you know obviously artists have to line those up in terms of the flow, in terms of what connects to what, and it's just nice getting lost in that magic, really. So yeah, it's a shame exactly. people lose out. Yeah, in well, it. I don't think I don't think the youth youth of 